0: Welcome in, welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show. It is a victory party, our fifth victory party of the year. Patrick Allen here alongside Sterling Holmes, Joe Summers. Sterling is drinking Arrow Red Lager. The Chiefs defeat the lowly Denver Broncos 19-8 to in a game that was way closer than it should have been. Uh, but fellas, I want to just open this up by saying this is the... Harrison Butker Appreciation Podcast. Dude is just so clutch. He's made so many clutch kicks for this team. But tonight, I mean, four for four, had a 60-yarder, had a 52-yarder to to basically ice the game. What can you guys say about Harrison Butker? Let's just start with him.
1: Uh, I kept saying for the longest time when folks last year were clamoring for him to be gone, I kept saying, you guys are insane He's the second-best kicker in football. He's injured, clearly. Let him get right. Well, he's healthy, and he's right, and he is drilling it from all over the field, a 60-yarder, a 52-yarder. I mean, dude is nails. It's not They're not even close. I mean, that 60-yarder would have been good from 70. That yeah. 52-yarder after the Mahomes sack, I'm screaming and saying, what the bleep is going on right now? Juwan Taylor's blocking air. Mahomes is screaming before the play, you know, uh, basically in gauge eight. And, and what happens? free blitzer right at him so he gets a sack puts it as a 52 yarder but of course butker drills it i will say i always say never apologize for winning ugly but i apologize to all non-chiefs fans for that performance because that would have been horrible to watch we always rip on thursday night football performances from other teams well they saw what just happened because the chiefs got some of that thursday night football offensive uh performance as well
2: well, yeah, and, and Butker's excellent performance. I think to me, like I see, I've seen a lot on Twitter and I see in the chat anger and frustration about the offense. And I get that. You put up 19 points on a team that the Dolphins dropped 70 on. You're going to have some questions. But in my opinion, the Chiefs' offense showed up in the possessions that it absolutely needed to, to come ice the game and, and drain some clock, have a long possession. When we were up 3 0 and then had a long touchdown possession, like when we needed to make plays, when our, when it wasn't just an, okay, it would be nice to go up three scores or whatever it may be. When we had to make the plays, we, we came out on top. And moving forward, I'm not overly worried about this iteration of the offense. For me, the big takeaway is the defense is still among the very best in the National Football League. And if you pair that with an offense that when it has to have a good possession can, we're looking pretty good. I'm feeling confident.
0: Absolutely. There's a ton to get into. A lot of positives, especially on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of things. We've got gripes and we're going to air them. We've got grievances, just like Festivus. We're going to have an airing of grievances um, because the standards are high for this team. Before we get into all that. Make sure you hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and make sure you check out DraftKings because they're running a new promotion that you don't want to miss. For new users, you can place a $5 first bet and instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no sweat single game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you got to do is sign up with our code Arrowhead. Use our code Arrowhead and not only get you great bonuses, but it directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. offer is only good for new customers who are 21 years and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for the full terms and offers and see if you qualify. We thank you for your support. Andy Reid, I'm going to drink bleach. I'm going to walk into traffic. I am going to fling myself off of my roof. I am going to lay under uh, the the garage door and just let it come down and finish me off. If you don't stop calling these ridiculous asinine plays in the simplest situations when all you need is to run the ball for two yards and you have an all-world quarterback and a running back who's averaging 4.8 to 5 yards per carry and you're like, hmm, we need two yards. What should we do? Oh, I know. Let's run a fake field goal with Noah Gray. Oh, wait, hold on. We need. Uh, it's, a, it's a two-possession game. We need a yard. It's third and one. We just want to extend our our drive. Hmm. Oh, I know. Let's put Kadarius Toney in it, fucking quarterback, and have him run an option play earlier in the game. You know what we should do? Offense is struggling a little bit. We do have Patrick Mahomes, but I've got an idea. Let's have Kadarius Toney throw a fucking pass. I just, I got to get that off my chest, you guys. I'm sorry. It, They were, look, there's going to be games like this. They happen every season where the Chiefs have a bad red zone day, right? Where they're moving the ball and they just, they have to kick a bunch of field goals and it just doesn't work out. They're usually really good in the red zone. It happens every year. This was that game, okay? Fine. Thursday, you played four days ago. Everyone's banged up. They're tired. The folk, like, fine. But you know what? You don't have to make things harder on yourself by doing stupid shit. You can bail yourself out of these situations. They would have had three more points. A game against the Denver Broncos, who are they are throwing in the towel, man. This team is done. All right. To be running those plays in this game is the like, I'm not, I'm not an anti gadget play guy. Okay. I don't, it's fine. Run some fun stuff every once in a while, bust out a play, try to catch the guys by surprise. It is irresponsible to run that many stupid gadget plays in a game against a team where all you really need to do is just run out the clock. Because your defense isn't allowing them to gain a yard. And instead, you're like, you know, some things sometimes go wrong in games. Let's make it a little bit harder on ourselves. It's just unconscionable. And it's got to stop. They got to stop doing it. Because right now, and their offense will be fine. Joe's right. It'll be fine. But right now, it's not fine. It's struggling. So stop it. Just run the ball.
2: The the counterpoint though, just real quick, if there was ever a game where you wanted to see if it was gonna work, this would be the game. Like they covered the spread, you know, they they won they they won by by two scores ultimately. So like if you were going to see if something might work like the the concept of the fake field goal tush push, I understand conceptually, like if you don't want to try it out against the dolphins in Germany, for example, like this was the time to try it if you were going to, though I do hope we kind of figure out what works and what doesn't and move it forward. Andy's just
1: sitting here like, oh, you're tired of me giving it to Blake Bell. All right. Here's another (laughs) tight end. Here's another tight end who's also not Travis Kelsey I can give to. Here we go. Just the look on Mahomes face. Just the utter disgrace. Just the "What the, what, what are we doing here? Again, I get it. We're spoiled. Let's be honest, boys. We're spoiled. The oh, yeah. Chiefs are sitting here at 5-1, and one, the best in the AFC. Mahomes throws for 306 yards, and we're sitting here complaining. And I get it. We have a little bit of a right because we're not the Broncos. We're not here trying to move to two wins. We're trying to win a Super Bowl, and we see the underlying cracks in the facade that make us worry. Uh, The wide receiver one talk is uh, starting to get necessary. I mean, Rasheed Rice looks really good, but I don't know why we don't see just more Rasheed Rice. It seems like when the play is designed for him, it's great. And I don't know if Mahomes just does not trust him, does not trust Sky Moore, does not trust the wide receivers, and only trusts Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Travis Kelsey. But there is some disconnect between Mahomes and the rest of this group. I do want to hit some super chats because we do appreciate everyone who is in here uh, hanging out with us, having fun, and appreciate everyone who gives back to the community here. First one I want to get to is from Lars Jorgensen says, Sterling Holmes, best stash and hair in the YouTube football analyst universe. Uh, No reason why I chose that one first, but thank you, Lars. I really do appreciate that uh tbt chiefs football podcast says, boys let's be honest we need to help at wide receiver uh i'll start here is that what it is do the chiefs need a legit wide receiver one is it mahomes not trusting his current guys is it the chiefs have the horses in the barn and he's just not letting the horses out of the barn what are your thoughts here
0: nah I man look it's just they're just trying to figure out what what's going to work at the receiver position but what they need to do and just real quick because i saw somebody said that uh J- jonathan weir says i'm the perfect example of a Chiefs fan who doesn't deserve this team that was a preseason game for us we can run goofy <laughs> triplets no they can't john they won the game there was a one possession game if harrison bucker missed that field goal the broncos could have gone down and tied the game like this is the nfl it's not for it's not for fucking around and it it's for deserving the team we qualified this with We understand where the Chiefs are at. Like We know that they're 5-1, and and it's all good. That does not absolve them from perfectly legitimate criticism, which they deserve, by the way. They deserve that. If you want to watch a podcast where all they do is talk about how great the Chiefs are, there's plenty of them out there. There's some very good ones. Uh, But we're going to give it to you straight. We're going to actually analyze and break down how the team is playing and not just be like, they won, and that's all that matters. Um, Okay, back to your question, Sterling. For the love of God, stop giving the ball to Kadarius Toney. Like, Kadarius Toney ain't it. I think that's step one with the offense. I did see that um, somebody was getting some snap counts, like, live on Twitter. And in the first half, Rasheed Rice had as many snaps almost towards the end of the first half as Sky Moore. So I think they are increasing his reps, which is good, and we saw the results today. But I think they're trying too hard to get Kadarius Toney going. You know, like right now he's the gadget guy, like he's your McCall Hardman, like give him some sweeps, run some bubble screens with him and stuff like that. But like stop trying so hard to get the ball in his hands that you've got him lining up at quarterback, for God's sake, two plays in a game. You know, like he's just not that's not that's not him. That's not it. That's not the way. Focus on the guys that are flashing for you. And then that starts with Rasheed Rice.
2: Rasheed Rice has been clearly the most impressive wide receiver. Today was his best output outside of getting in the end zone, and he only had the four targets. So uh, an excellent day for Rice, and he's still off the charts relative to our receivers and advanced metrics like yards per target, yards per round run, things like that. As far as the Tony part is concerned, I do think that he's an example, just like the, the fake field goal and the fourth and short situations of – Andy Reid and Matt haggy getting too cute because when we have passed the ball down the field to Kadarius Tony or just treated him as like a normal wide receiver instead of running these crazy trick plays, he's been really impressive. He breaks a lot of tackles. He's excellent in space. So just utilize him like you would a normal receiver instead of trying to force these cute plays. Though I do think that as we progress throughout the season, we won't see these as much. I do think that there's some merit to the idea of them just kind of testing things out and seeing what happens, especially now, because we don't see those trick plays in those critical possessions, like when we're icing the game late. So I, I have faith and I I do hope that they pull back the the cute stuff, but op- long-term I'm extremely optimistic overall.
1: Yeah. I uh, will get to my Justin Ross thoughts that I keep seeing pop up in the comments in just one moment. I do want to get to some more chup, uh, super chats. Cause again, we do appreciate everyone who donates to this channel helps keep us afloat. Everyone who's in there right now, we do appreciate you. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you want to throw us a like subscribe, that does help us out a ton helps reach more Chiefs fans. Uh Rhett says Sky and MVS might as well be on Milk Cartons. Offense has to be better. This performance is not good enough to beat Buffalo, Miami, Cincy. And that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, the Chiefs are five and one. They're out they've also faced the easier part of their schedule. It's great. I'm not going to complain about 5-1, and one, but when you face these better teams, you can't look like this. Raymond Chandler, always appreciate you, Raymond. You're a great guy. Says, do we need more data to know we don't have the wide receivers to go all the way? I do. I would like to see more. Personally, I, I, I would like to see more data before I'm out here saying these are clearly not the guys. Uh Daniel says, Mahomes has an ugly night. And gets 306. Is it safe to say Kelsey is our number one wide receiver and just be okay with it? Right now, yes. That's the way this uh, Chiefs offense is being run. I want to bring up Justin Ross really quickly. And I want to get your guys' thoughts. I've said it in the pregame show. I've said it earlier on this week. I know everyone's clamoring for Justin Ross. They want to see him in the red zone. And quite frankly, I do too. But the issue with Justin Ross is we heard it from Mahomes, or not from Mahomes, You heard it from Andy Reid, and it's my thought process here as well. I had a chance to ask Garrett Dieter. The reason why he's not getting on the field, if you think of it in basketball terms, he can't create a shot. He's not good in the flow of the game. He's a guy who has to have his number called. That's why when you see him last week have six snaps and have four targets is because he was the guy who was called on that play. He's got to get better in the flow of the game. Until Andy trusts him to either A, know the playbook completely, or be on the same page with Mahomes, this is not me saying this. Before the season, we've they talked about it. Ross needs to get better in these situations. They clearly don't think he's there yet. Unless his number is called, I don't see those snap counts going up. Whether we like it or not, that's the case. That's my thought on Justin Ross. He's a basketball player in NBA terms that has to have his number called. He can't ISO. What are your guys' thoughts?
2: Joe? I, I was going to say I, I agree with you in the sense that I don't think we're going to see a healthy dose of just normal plays. That um, If he's on the field, I think it's because we're drawing something up for him. I, I do want to monitor the Justin Watson situation and wonder if that could create snap opportunities whether it's Ross or, I mean, even your man Richie James. Like, I want to see what's going to happen with, with, with Justin Watson because he has been that dependable big play guy for Mahomes once or twice a game. If we lose that, it seemed especially late that Rice is becoming that guy. And I, I was extremely encouraged by Rasheed Rice's game tonight for a few reasons, not only the production, but in the, in the you know Andy Reid scripted plays, I forget which play it was. I want to say it was a sixth or seventh was a pass to Rasheed Rice. So not only is he getting involved in the red zone amongst, you know, the top of the team, but he's getting involved early. And I love to see that. And I think the rice can be used sparingly in a supersized Jody Fortson type role, if I could speak. Um, But ultimately I think that the wide receiver that we're going to be talking about at the end of the season is Rice.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say, don't get mad at me, guys. I'm not saying I don't want to see Justin Ross. There's a difference between wanting to see a guy and understanding the thought, the thought process behind it. Cause that's what we've heard from, from them. Yeah. You can't get into a rhythm on six snaps. I get that. The reason is, is because they don't think he is good enough when uh, Mahomes audibles because the plays have to be designed for him. One of my favorite things I saw was he's the Derek Fisher. That's a really good bull right there. He's the Derek Fisher. And again, I want to see more Justin Ross. I'm just telling you, this is what, to my understanding, why we have not seen more Justin Ross. Don't shoot the messenger here.
0: He should be in there on every single red zone play that they run. Like, when they get in the red zone, Ross should be out there. Um, and, and, you know, I talked about this with with Sports Illustrated's Matt Verdram, our former co-host, uh, l- earlier this week. The dude's, like, he can jump out of the gym. He's... He's absolutely incredible. And this isn't rocket science. Like, you know, Verner made this point on Thursday. He's like, get in the huddle. Be like, hey, Justin, run a fly route, run a nine route, run a slant. Like, he doesn't need, he doesn't need to learn calculus to go out there and run a couple routes in this offense, even if, and he's been in the, he's been in the system for two years. He's had the playbook for two years. They need to get him involved. You know, I'm not in a panic about it. I think, Things will work themselves out, as Joe was saying. By the end of this season, I think it'll be clear that Rasheed Rice is the guy. He'll be playing 80 90% of the snaps out there. We'll all start to feel a lot better as the offense starts to gain a little bit more rhythm. And I know we focused on a lot of the negatives, but let's look at some of these positives, man. I mean, like to hear us talking about it. And again, because we have high standards for this Chiefs team, we want to see them... Uh, they're a work in progress. They are every season. And we know that all it really matters is where they are at the end of the year. But along the way, let's call out what we see, the good and the bad. Um, we do have a couple more Super Chats left as well. Thank you to Producer Richard, our guy Bumpa. Rotating wide receivers every play is dumb no way around it. They do a little bit of that, but, I, but there are some guys who get some significant snaps out there. And then uh, Dan says, uh, Andy just practicing. So other teams have things to think about. I mean, I think that, look, there's some of that kind of stuff, but, like, not the crazy, crazy plays, you know? Um, the, the, some motions and things like that that they do that they put on tape, and then they're going to run something different, but, like, you know, not, not fake field goals and stuff
1: like that. I, I want to say really quickly, so I had a chance, I was talking with Garrett Dieter on Monday, and, and I was asking about, you know, the rotation. He goes, it's really hard to get into a rhythm, obviously, but he, but he went on to say to me, What makes these wide receiver ones like Tyreek Hill and and just around the NFL, Devontae Adams so special, the fact that they can play that many snaps at such a high level, okay? Because I didn't think this through to to, to an extent. He goes, playing 60 snaps, if you're Tyreek Hill – People don't think about it, but that's almost the most impressive thing he does because yeah. you are running these deep routes nonstop. You are always going in the focal point of every single offensive play. So the Chiefs right now clearly think that either a, they don't have the stamina in Rasheed Rice or they don't think he has the talent right now, and that's why we're not seeing him more. But that made me stop and think a little more about we all want to see these guys play you know, 90-plus percent of snaps. Okay? but I didn't ever thought about the actual physical toll it takes on some of these guys. And I, I do think at times we need to be a little easier maybe on that thought process. Cause I, that was, that was a part of the equation I never even thought of.
0: Yeah. And a shout out to drew for the super chat. I won $8 on the game and I'm so disgusted by the performance. I'm giving you all those $8 with some frustration tax on top. Yeah. Like it does. It's weird to be watching the chiefs, you know, winning a game 16 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And you're mad. But that's that's what a team like the Chiefs does to you as a fan, uh, just because, you know, you want to see them go out. But like, look, they just never they don't really not since like 2018. They just don't go out and run teams off the field. You know, that's just not how they win. Um, but the, let's get to some of the good because there's a lot of it, like the defense. Russell Wilson in this game, 13 of 22 for 95 yards, one touchdown. Two interceptions. The dude didn't even throw for 100 yards. Again, we mentioned this at the halftime show. This is an offense that, like, they can move the ball a little bit. They can make some plays. They've got some some deep threats and some things like that. Not tonight. I mean, the Chiefs were all over these boys. I was even mad that they gave up eight points. Um, which is which is just silly, right? Because you're just like you wanted that shutout for them because they had played so well. And if the Chiefs probably did some things better on offense, it wouldn't happen. But like, what are your thoughts on the way this defense is playing right now, Sterling? I,
1: I will say, barring a horrible ruling, I don't necessarily blame the ref because as much as it pains me, that's kind of in the rule book. You can't use your body weight. It's just stupid. It's asinine. It's absurd. Like, what is Mike Edwards supposed to do in that situation? Like, seriously, what is he supposed to do? If he tries to go to the side, Russell Wilson, as he's already done earlier in the game, might break the sack, might break the tackle. It's a stupid rule. The NFL needs to fix it. They need to do something because right now it's, it's, it's not football. The quarterback is too protected in the pocket in that instance. Barring that and barring one of the, that's probably hyperbolic, not greatest catches, an absurd catch from Cortland Sutton. Really good. Got to give him his due. That was amazing. Yeah, they, they, they probably hold him to zero. The Chiefs defense has potentially the best cornerback duo in the NFL with LeGarrius and Trent McDuffie. They might have the best linebacking core in the NFL. They go four deep. Leo Chennault, Willie Gay Jr., Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil. Chris Jones was a madman. Mike Dana perpetually is the most underrated player on this Chiefs defense. Karloffis is out there doing his thing. Derek was. Sorry, Derek Naughty, you were bad last year. All of a sudden, you're really, really good again. Malik Herring getting involved. And oh yeah, the hard hitter Justin Reed and Mike Edwards continuously playing good and better and better again. This Chiefs
2: defense is absolutely elite. Yeah,
0: yeah. Joe, what do you think?
2: It's the best Defense, at least at this point, all evidence points to being the best defense that I can remember in recent Chiefs history. Uh, On top of all the Chris Jones stuff, getting a sack for an eighth consecutive game. Ridiculous. On top of the defensive line, on top of Nick Bolton and the stellar deep linebacker crew. So personally, I would make the argument that McDuffie and Snead are the best cornerback duo in the NFL. You might favor other teams. So be it. But what I don't really think is arguable is that they are, without question, the most physical cornerback duo in the NFL. LeJarrius Sneed's entire value proposition is his versatility, hard hitting, he Can come at you on the blitz. Trent McDuffie now has three forced fumbles through five weeks. He's constantly making game-changing tackles. And that kind of physicality in the secondary to go on top of Nick Bolton finishing second in the NFL in tackles last year on top of Chris Jones and the talent level and defensive line. This is a scary defense. And the the part of the reason I'm not really worried about the offense, because as long as the offense can, when it needs to sustain a drive and, and drain the clock, the defense apparently can take care of the rest. And it's beautiful. It reminds me of some of those early Patriots teams where Tom just made it happen at the end of the game, instead of putting up crazy numbers. But this defense is nasty, and I love what I'm seeing from the secondary.
0: And they were just – I mean, they were just chasing around Justin Jefferson in that mm-hmm. high-powered Vikings offense four days ago, and they come out here with a performance like that. Sterling?
1: I, I will say just – I see some folks in the chat asking about Justin Watson just uh, a minute ago. Uh, Justin Watson elbow is not broken per Andy Reid, so it was his elbow – I, I couldn't know. tell if it was his fingers, if he landed on his forearm, but according to Harold, uh, who I Harold I trust, and Sam McDowell, uh, according to Andy Reid, Justin Watson hurt his elbow, but it's not broken.
0: That's fantastic. I, uh, watching it, I thought maybe it was his wrist, because he was holding his wrist. Maybe it was a funny bone situation. I mean, that really hurts when when you when you hit that. There's no breaks. That's great news. Maybe a, a, a sprain, bone bruise, something like that. That's fantastic because that was a uncharacteristic drop from him, but he once again got open deep for, for Mahomes. But, you know, back on this defense, though, guys, I saw my guy Lars in the in the chat saying, you know, not elite yet, but close. I don't know, man. This team is giving up 17.6 points per game. And and, and that's that's not subtracting the safety and the pick the pick six that are on the offense. They held the Detroit Lions without Chris Jones to, to 21 points. The Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence to nine points. The Bears, this isn't as impressive uh, how they were playing at the time, but held them to 10 points. The most points that they have given up in a game is 21. Eight points tonight against this like, And that's good because they're going up against a really high-powered offense next week in the Los Angeles Chargers, so they're going to need to bring their A game in, and luckily they'll get a nice little long rest here. But the thing that stood out to me tonight, too, was that I think they defended nine passes in this game. It was like an impenetrable wall. Like mm-hmm. Russell Wilson couldn't even get the ball past the line of scrimmage. The guys were knocking it down, leading to interceptions. I mean, when this offense figures it out, and they will, if this defense is will still they? going to be, are going to be some of the fears. Uh,
1: yes. I want to say j- j- just a little fun tidbit here. So this is a world series ball. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And the reason I'm bringing this up, the world series was 2015 that is still the last time the Broncos have beaten Kansas City. Eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago, 2015, I was in college. <laughs> I have worked like 17 jobs since yeah. then. I have moved from Columbia, Missouri, to the East Coast, to back to Kansas City in that time. I mean, think about that. Eight years has uh, since the last time the Broncos have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to get back into what you guys are talking about because you guys are both very confident. I think there's two ways to look at this, okay? Mm. You guys keep saying that Chiefs' offense is going to figure it out. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm trying to play a little other side here. The NFL should be worried that the Chiefs are 5-1 and one and the offense hasn't figured it out yet. But should the good teams be worried? Because will the offense figure it out? Mahomes does not look like the same Mahomes we have seen. The wide receivers, whether we want to say separation or trust, something is gone. Something is not working. I I know we wanted to say it's going to be fine. Mahomes is going to fix it. But can Mahomes fix it? We have not seen him do this much with this little offensively. Why are you guys both so sure it's going to get fixed?
2: I I would argue – that it doesn't have to be at the levels of years past. We we played the Jags and beat them because our defense was so impressive and if this is going to be the defense and I don't at this point have any reason to think that they're going to suffer some gigantic fall off, then we don't have to be those offenses of years past and we can have some issues. And so for me what's so critical is these late drives that we have seen Mahomes continually make plays Other than the Lions game where the pass was dropped and then Donovan Smith had the penalty when he did complete the pass. Other than that, every single drive we've had to have, we have had. And dating back to, you know, even last year's playoffs and we won the Super Bowl, like when we need to come through late, Mahomes has figured it out and Andy Reid has shied away from the cute plays. So for me, if this is going to be the defense and even if the defense falls off a little bit, if it's going to be at some kind of a top 10 level, then we don't have to be perfect on offense. We just have to be experienced and and knowledgeable enough late to be able to pull off these sustained drives late in the game to win.
0: Yeah. And this game in particular is a little bit of a mirage when it comes to the offensive struggles. You're, we're all looking at them. We're like, oh, they only scored 19 points. And, you know, some of that is just because i mean most of that is just because they struggled in the red zone and then they called some boneheaded plays they're not going to struggle like this in the red zone they're usually very good in the red zone they were moving the ball and this is a game where they score you know they score they convert two of those field goals into touchdowns in the red zone and we're not even you know there's eight more points scored and like we're not even talking about the offense struggling in this game right so I think that you know you look at the box score. Patrick Mahomes is 30 of 40 for 306 yards. He averaged 7.7 yards uh, for his receptions. One touchdown, one interception. Yeah, he's not putting up some of the gaudy touchdown numbers that he has in the past. Receivers aren't putting up gaudy numbers in this offense right now, but they're moving the football. They're spreading it around. I think it's somewhat similar to last year. And the worst I ever saw this offense was during that stretch two years ago um, when, when teams are starting to play that shell coverage and Mahomes was struggling and, and they just look ugly and, and, and out of sync and not, and not good at all. And it seemed at that point, like, oh man, they're just not going to figure it out. I was, like, I've learned my lesson, you know, like it, the, 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 this offense put one, it's like a top 10 offense, even we're sitting here bitching about it. And they're top 10 and scoring in the league, but also like I've watched enough Andy Reid offenses with. Just guys running around at wide receiver and Alex Smith at quarterback, put up plenty of points, move the football. They'll fit. They'll figure it out with Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, I do think, Joe, and you brought this up, and I've been trying to bring this up for since the start of the season. The Chiefs have sunk a lot of capital, draft capital, and and just money capital into the defense, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, the bringing in of Charles Minahu, which we will see very shortly. Uh, the first-run draft pick spent on Trip McDuffie, George Karloftis, and FAU. You know, a lot of second-round draft picks spent on this linebacker core, the free agent acquisition of Drew Tranquil. They've bolstered this defense. And -hmm. I think part of that goes back to the New England side of things. What made New England so great was Tom Brady could make wide receivers better, but he can't make the defense better. So what did they do? They spent a lot of that time, money, and capital on the defense. So that way he would go out, and if they scored 21 points, that was enough to get it done. I wonder if this is a concerted effort by the Chiefs I guess front office this past off season and in the past two, maybe to try and bolster this defense, because there's two ways to make Mahomes um, make it put less pressure on him. One is to give him great weapons, which we saw 2018, but we also saw him lose a game scoring 50 points. And they thought, okay, well, what's the other option? What if we make the defense better? That way, mm-hmm. if he scored 19, 2021, 20, he still has a chance. I wonder, I'm not saying it's true, but I wonder if this is a concerted effort to try and do this a different way. A couple of super chats I want to get to. Thank you guys again. One from Edric says, Denver loses to Green Bay. Do they trade Judy for a third because they have no draft capital? I think they still want more than a third. Don't know your guys' thoughts. I don't even think I want to give up a third for, for Jerry Judy. But quite frankly, I also think the Broncos would want more in return for Jerry Judy.
0: Yeah, they don't I, I I know everyone wants wants us to trade for receivers and if a right deal came along I sure I just think they've got the talent on the team. Mm-hmm. They're just still figuring it out. They're figuring out who's going to fit into the right spots, what plays are working best the way teams are playing them this year. Remember, they remember how, we just talked about it how teams adjusted to the really explosive downfield Chiefs and then they had to adjust a little mm-hmm. bit and last year that really came to fruition and they dinked and dunked their way down the field and they really couldn't be stopped and they won a Super Bowl. Well, guess what? Teams are adjusting to the, the fact that they do that. Now they're, they're doing things slightly differently than they, they're not just playing shows. They're doing some, they're dropping guys in like the middle of the field, like four or five guys across the middle of the field with two high safeties. They're trying to make it harder. And that's why you're seeing that she's run the ball a little bit more. That's why you're like, Guess what? The swing routes to the like to the running back—they're they're always there. They're going to be able to get six yards of play. If they just if he just wants to throw it to Pacheco over and over and over again. The flat McKinnon—it's going to be there. Um, so I think they're figuring some of those things out. And I saw the super chat from from my guy uh, from Lars. About uh, uh, what do you think the ceiling is for Rashi Rice? Is he a Juju clone? Maybe more. I think he's got the potential to be better than Juju. I I would say that the name that popped into my head when I saw that question was uh, peak Adam Thielen, like just this guy who remember he'd catch a million balls. Um, his best years, 2017 and 2018, 143 targets, 91 receptions, 1200 yards the next year, 153 targets, 113 receptions, 1300 yards, nine touchdowns, four touchdowns, like chain mover, always open. Like, I think he could be, he could reach peak Adam Thielen and that would be Fantastic for the way that she, you know, people defend
1: the Chiefs. I, I like that name. I, I actually don't mind the Juju one, but how about before any of the injuries? 2018, Juju Smith Schuster, when he went for 1426 yards, seven touchdowns and 111 receptions. People kind of forget about how good he was for that one year, which is his only year over a thousand yards. Quite frankly, his last year, I guess last year in Kansas city was his second most receiving yards ever in his career. 933 that one year he went for 1400. I do think there's a lot of Juju and Rasheed rice. You look at them, their bodies, like they're only what, like six footish, but they're thick. Like Debo Samuel thick. Every time I see Rasheed Rice line up, I'm like, who the hell is this thick guy over here? That's not Juju. It's Rasheed Rice. It's 1400, 2018 version. That's the that's the ceiling for me for, for Rasheed Rice. 2018 Juju.
2: I like both of those comps, and I've thought of similar players, actually. The first thing that came to my mind was like a, a little bit of a thicker Chris Godwin or a more intermediate, stylized Sammy Watkins like the, the juice that he has and the way that he can break tackles and find open space and demands a target share is extremely impressive. And frankly, I think that his ceiling is a lot higher than Juju. So he, it depends on the numbers. So I'm not sure how many snaps he ran. But coming into tonight, he was getting targeted on 34% of his routes, which is an elite number amongst the best wide receivers in the league right behind Kelsey and red zone targets. And again, this is a rookie in an Andy Reid offense where historically wide receivers do not produce. It's historically a very complicated offense and receivers don't produce well at all. And that he's doing this and commanding this kind of attention and participation in the offense speaks volumes to not only where he is right now, but to what he could be long-term. So especially given the red zone volume, I could see him being Upwards of a double-digit touchdown type of guy, ultimately in a twelve to thirteen hundred yard situation, and even even on that that long, like third and seventeen or whatever, that he caught the ball like three yards upfield and ran, he had some juice. Like, he's, juice got yeah. he's got burst. He's got an excellent ability to break tackles, and it's only going to get better from here. So this, I mean, sorry, Mister Moore, but the sky's the limit for Rasheed Rice.
0: Yeah, get the ball in his hands, get get it in there as much as possible, uh, and let him let him go to work. With the ball in his hands and again remember this offense like this andy reed west coast like they're throwing to everybody man Noah gray you know sky Moore. i was really excited to see Jarek mckinnon start to get some more work uh, and you, you saw i know it didn't work out because you had a, a penalty and he stepped out of bounds but dude can still play old old timer still got some juice out there running around uh i think they were a little surprised when he turned that corner and and put on the jets um which is of course his nickname is jet do you guys want to see more McKinnon or do you want the Chiefs to continue, like keep kind of keeping the lid on him and making sure he's healthy for the latter parts of the season?
1: Yeah, keep him fresh. Keep keep him healthy, keep him fresh. We have seen what happens in the past with him. I'm not saying the past is always going to happen in the present, but there's a pretty good track record when he is the main guy. When he gets used a lot, he gets run down. So don't let him get run down. Uh, use him in games and situations where he thrives. Using him in between the 20s. Makes no sense. Using it once you get to the 20, makes a lot of sense. I like the way the Chiefs use Jerick McKinnon. It makes the most sense. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, by the way, had a pretty nice game. Like, that was the best we've seen Clyde look in a while. He didn't play a ton, but still, I think Clyde deserves a a slight tip of the cap. Uh, If if you're going to bleep on Clyde, at least give him credit when he does well. He did well. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, I think, looks solid. Um, It's funny. Sometimes you see him run. He runs so angry. It looks like he gets more yards than he really does. If I told you he ran for 3.9 yards a clip, I don't think he'd believe that. It felt like he ran for 5 yards a clip.
0: He's active. And you have to remember too, they're running him a lot more. Uh just in general, they're running more, which is great. At the end of these games, his average is taking a little bit of a hit cuz you know, they're running out the clock. The you know, Broncos know that that they're running, so He was up there around four point eight, four five yards a carry at at one point, pretty well into the game. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I think towards the end there, they started to bottle him up a little bit because they knew the Chiefs were trying to just get the hell out of there with the win.
2: They did, and and real quick, kind of a combo of the last two points, Um, I I think it's the Pacheco usage has been really interesting while scaling back McKinnon's usage in the passage game because those little swing passes to Pacheco that get five or six yards a clip might as well be rush plays, like you said earlier. And I mean, he was averaging six yards of reception on those caught six passes whereas last year we didn't see him involved in the passing game at all so I really like that they're expanding his skill set early in the season while keeping McKinnon healthy for the long run and I think that's going to benefit us long term because Pacheco we haven't really seen that wrinkle used this much in the offense previously but it's basically just another run play that's going to get us five or six yards and if you can have different ways to just get a quick five or six you're going to be successful.
0: What do you guys think of Kelsey? (laughs) Telling Pat (laughs) <laughs> throw it to the flat in the
1: middle of a play. I mean, how awesome was that? Kelsey's a clown, dude. I mean, the first <laughs> catch he makes is a, l- a freaking hook and ladder. He's just trying to impress Taylor Swift up there. I mean, Kelsey is a show pony. Let's be real. Kel- Kelsey knew what he was doing. Um, he had a great game, but he's just so enjoyable to watch, man. I mean, bum ankle and all, he finds ways just the way that Mahomes and him have this sort of connection Four other guys are running routes and he's just like, yeah, bleep them. I'm going to run whatever the hell I want to, you know, in semi-pro that, you know, with Will Ferrell, when it's like pass it in and out and they're just doing like their own thing. That's Mahomes and Kelsey. Let's keep passing it back and forth and eventually they're going to find a way to get open. That's what they do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Terrific. Soak it up, man. I mean, enjoy Travis Kelsey while he's here. He won't be here forever absolutely incredible man on the offense I, this keeps popping into my head mm. with the way that they're they're playing right now they're they are they're, they're going to come up against a high-powered offense here with the chargers then they get denver again and then they got that game in miami and those guys if if this defense has a weakness right now it's the run defense and they have some guys who can burn i know HN got hurt but most looked really good you know, Tyree Kill, do you think that right now this Chiefs team can hang with Miami?
2: Oh, yeah. Honestly, like, I, I think that we – so, if it's the version of Miami that dropped 70 on Denver, I'm not sure that there's a team of the last five years that could hang with them, but I don't think that team is going to show up every week. The, the The Dolphins lost to the Bills the next week, who lost to the Jags, who lost to us. Like, it's just all about who shows up that week. And the way that the defense is playing, I think that we can give them a run for their money, particularly if we can put some pressure on two up front and offensively, again, like when our backs are against the wall, I expect us to perform. So I would take us against any other team at this point. And can we hang? Absolutely. It's just a question of whether or not we do in that particular Sunday.
1: What do you think outside outside of the Niners? Uh, I will give you that one. Right now, the Niners look like a juggernaut. Their closest game was seven points against the Rams week two, and that was a backdoor seven. They are demolishing teams. But against Miami, yeah, I think the Chiefs can hang because I I truthfully believe this Chiefs defense is what we have seen so far. Yeah, they've not played a team as good offensively as the Miami Dolphins, but you're right. The Dolphins have been, at times, slightly inconsistent. Um, Tyreek Hill is going to get his. Jalen Waddle's going to get his, but I think you can fluster Tua Tagovailoa. I, I think Chris Jones, uh, Idana, Karloftis, and by that point, Charles Minnehu will be able to get after Tua enough to make him uncomfortable. I think Mike McDaniels is a hell of a coach. Uh, I know he's a, a young cat, but I think he's done a wonderful job there. I also think that the, the Miami defense can be taken advantage of. They are good. They're much better than they were last year, but they're not great. Um, I also wonder what happens if the Chiefs try and run the ball, almost to the opposite of what teams try and do against Kansas City and do it against Miami. Pound the rock with Pacheco. I wonder if that would actually be effective against Miami. Um, one thing, which really quickly I want to say, going back to Pacheco and Clyde and the run game in general, the only little bugaboo I have, why are they so insistent on running horizontal? when they're so effective running vertical. Like, Miami's very good at running horizontal because you have Devon Achan, they're extremely fast. That's what they do. Pacheco and Clyde, they run north-south. Your guard-to-guard is phenomenal. Your tackles are the issue, and yet you keep running outside. You keep running horizontally. I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, uh, I've seen some uh, – I can't remember who it was. It was it was one of the former Chiefs offensive linemen that is is on – Uh, Twitter was talking about that and thinking, saying basically that they didn't understand based on the way the line is constructed, why they run some of the running plays that they run. Uh, It's interesting. Obviously Andy's a genius, a mad scientist, sometimes a little too mad. Um, But I agree with you. I mean, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. I mean, you see these guys when they, when you can really get a good look at them when they do run these outside plays and they get out and they're polling and stuff, and you see them just annihilate guys, uh, it's pretty it's pretty impressive to see. Um, a few more Super Chats to get to. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up button. Let's get more Chiefs fans in here to celebrate another Chiefs victory. This one comes from Wiley Possum. Appreciate you. Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross should be on the field all game and MVS and more. Rice is a young Sammy Watkins and Ross is a physical mismatch. MVS and more are basically ghosts. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, you know, MVS is out there and he's, I got to look at the tape again for this game, stretching the field, but he's still, he's got to have some production, even if a lot of his routes are designed to open up for other guys and, you know, he's running streaks and they're covered over the top. Like there's gotta be a way to, to, to reel in some production Lars says and thank you for the super chat buddy uh my take on sky Andy has elite patience for players in general so we shall see if that pays off that's true man like remember remember sky Moore last year returning punts and we were all like get him out of there don't ever put him back there again he's horrible now look to be fair they haven't trotted him out there to do that this year but they didn't give up on him last season. And then he goes and he makes a huge play for them in the AFC Championship game and helps them get to the Super Bowl. So, you know, Andy's been doing this for a while. Um, uh, And then as, as ZK4BZ, appreciate you for the Super Chat. A short week, ugly win, I'll take it. And I think, yeah, at the end of the day, right? Five and one, first place in the AFC West. Got a game coming up against the Chargers. You can put them down pretty big with the win there. Denver's toast. You haven't even played the Raiders yet and they're toast. Um, so you're looking pretty good. If you're Kansas city, some growing pains to figure out. Um, but how, how are you guys feeling about the overall prospects for this team at this point in the season?
2: It's better. Great, no, after you, after you, cause I'm going to wax poetic. So you go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's great, dude. The chiefs are five and one. They lead
1: the AFC. They outside of the bears game, they've yet to play a really good game. I mean, just the grand scheme of things. If you want to take the, the outlook uh, that I want to take here is the Chiefs were winning ugly. The Patriots did that for two decades. I know it's not fun. It's not enjoyable that every game's not some blowout, but again, as much as it's, it's wild to say, the Chiefs scored 19 points and covered a double digit victory, a couple of double digit spread. Yeah. I, that's wild. I mean, that, that's crazy. That's the way I'm trying to look at it right now. I, I, maybe some of it's me trying to talk myself into, All right, the defense is actually this good. The offense, even if they take a a massive step back, it won't matter that much. But you're five and one. You've yet to lose a game in the AFC. Things are good in Chiefs Kingdom, baby.
0: Yeah, I mean they've lost by one point. They they had a one point loss in the opener um, because of historically bad pass catching in that game. Yeah, and they've got plenty of time to figure out. This is look. This is who this team is. Like this has been their identity now for years. They remember like remember the game somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter. They said this game feels like the Rams game from last year. Remember that the Rams game and they were they were just the Rams were so bad last year. They were like this Denver team last year. Couldn't get anything done. And and the Chiefs just look like crap that whole game. And they like just like methodically put them away. And it wasn't really a fun game. The game against Denver that we were all doing live in Kansas City last year at Tanner's. They were smoking them. Hey, right? Patrick, can we do that again, please?
1: Yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to do that again so Midlands. bad.
0: Yeah, we're working oh. on it. We're looking at. We're looking at something. Maybe November. Uh, stay Ooh. tuned.
1: Ooh. Well, make sure I'm not in Florida. Come on, pal. Yeah, well, I, you know, you I When, I, trip. when I get the green
0: light, when I get the green light, I will. I will let you know. Um, but yeah, I, like you know, they let the Broncos come back, and then they they made us sweat that one out. They they like almost lost to the Texans last year who are one of the worst teams in football and like where were they at the end of the season standing up there in Arizona holding up the Lombardi trophy um, the year that we mentioned earlier where they struggled and the offense looked absolutely terrible where were they at the end of the season with in the red zone with the ball in Patrick Mahomes hand with a chance to go back to the Super Bowl it didn't work out against the Bengals but they were there
2: yeah and like if i could go back to the beginning of the season like my outlook coming in was that our offense was going to be excellent the defense would be good with the potential to be great and then Mahomes would figure it out from there to this point we've had what we'd probably all describe as an offensive season from hell and i believe we're still top 10 in points per game and yards per play and all those things our defense on the other hand has Dramatically exceeded any expectation I had coming into the season. Position group by position group, they've all been better than I thought they're going to be. So, given that, I feel more confident than I did coming into the season. And especially when you look at the landscape of the conference and the NFL at large, every team except the Niners at this point has shown some sort of flaw. So, if you are telling me that the biggest issue with the Kansas City Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes scoring points. I'm pretty damn confident, so I will take us to win the Super Bowl even with more confidence and validity than I did at the beginning of the year because of this defense.
1: Yeah, and the Chiefs, as we know, they love to play down to competition. Mm -hmm. It's somehow written to all the players' contracts as why the agents would do that. They all all have some collusion, I guess, uh, and said the Chiefs must play down the competition or up doesn't matter, it's just what they do. Uh, a couple more super chats to get to. Uh, Munamik says, Please trade for Hollywood Brown or Mooney MVS and more suck. Defense won this game and butt kicker. Kelsey looks average or Mahomes looks average without Kelsey. Uh, I've made my thoughts on Hollywood Brown fairly clear before. I'll say very quickly, I like Hollywood Brown, the player, but I ain't trading for him. That's a lot to give up for a guy you got to turn around and give 20 plus million per year for. Um, He's on the final year of his rookie contract. I don't see it. I'm not giving a guy 20-plus million for someone who, in my personal opinion, I think is too inconsistent. That's where I'm at with Hollywood Brown. Darnell Mooney is a little more interesting because he'd be a fairly cheaper option. Uh, And also, I am with you. Butker and defense won that game. Uh, And then Wiley Possum said, AFC West might be locked by Halloween. Best D in Andy Reid Mahomes' era. O has time to come around. I, it really might
0: be. It really might be locked up. I mean, the Chiefs are five and one. The Chargers are two and two. They're playing, I forget who they're playing this week. Uh, is it Dallas? oh I got you. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's Monday night, Monday
2: night. Oh, snap. It's,
0: it's Dallas on Monday night football. So, like, Dallas, horrible game against the 49ers, right? But they're talented. They have a good defense, and the Chargers are, you know, they've been charging this year. So, there's a good chance. Dallas is pissed. They got humiliated by the 49ers. They refocus. They, they win that game against the chargers and the chargers are coming in to play the chiefs at two and three. And the chiefs are at five and one, the chiefs won that game. They go to six and one, the chargers go to two and four. Good night. It's over. Turn out the lights, send everybody home. We'll open next season. Um, And and remember last year, it was kind of locked up by Thanksgiving, but because of these games, that they have, the Raiders, you know, trying to hang around. They're, they're terrible.
1: Um, it really could be it by Halloween. That would be fantastic. You guys want to give out some hardware? I would love to, but I, I want to give out one quick comment. One shout out to Lars. He's been great in the chat all night. And he was a, uh, been great in the super chats as well. So I'm gonna give a little hardware to Lars right here, but this is a great comment. This is what I really love about the Mahomes era is that every year slash team is different. We've won. Every year, in different ways. Simply thrilling. But it's true. I mean, the Chiefs have had the offensive years. The, uh, the defense doesn't click until second half of the year. This is a defensive first team, like which, wild to say in a Mahomes era, but it's, it's a true point. It is simply thrilling. I mean, let's be real now. If you've been a Chiefs fan for a long enough period of time, you've gone through some dark days, we're complaining right now about being five and one. And I get we have much <laughs> higher expectations now than we did when Jackie battle was, was the running back. Okay. I get yeah. all this stuff. Uh, sorry, Jackie battle. Didn't mean to take a shot at you. I actually like you, Jackie battle. If you need it three yards, he'll get you three yards. You need four yards. Sorry. He'll get you three. Um, the hammer. He was a hammer, yeah. man. But yeah, you can go back and look at those old rosters and be like,
0: you know, think about now. But, later, you you know, this is what you do. You, you Chiefs do some dumb stuff. You blow off some steam. And now you can spend the rest of the week making fun of Broncos fans about the fact that they, uh, you know, they haven't beaten the Chiefs since the Obama administration. By the way, Lars married me and my wife. No way. I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, is Lars it like is some,
1: like, uh, I am shocked. This guy seemed like the coolest dude ever. I think I saw earlier he used to say he used to, like, live in a van with uh um oh steelers coach todd haley something about a van and todd haley um
0: he he, he, i don't know that todd haley he did live in a van for a number of uh months this this large dude is he's He's not like like like, he's mythical he's he's a sweet dude he's a really sweet dude um all right let's give out some hardware earning their arrowheads you guys know this segment let us know in the chat who earned their arrowheads. Speaking of, of, of Todd Haley, he brought that about. Um, who earned their arrowheads for you in this game? Uh, Joe Summers, let's start with you. Who gets some hardware?
2: So with respect to Harrison Butker, Chris Jones, Loftus, McDuffie, all had excellent games. For me, this is the game that it became clear and obvious to everyone in Chiefs Kingdom that Rasheed Rice is our best wide receiver. He was excellent tonight, heavily involved on the field early and in red zone in two-minute drill. Rasheed Rice is the guy moving forward. The breakout's been slowly coming, and this was the first time that the Rockets started to take off. Moving into future weeks, I think it'll just become more and more obvious. So with respect to all those other guys that had excellent games, Rasheed Rice is my top dog. Gets my arrowhead. Nice.
0: Uh,
1: Sterling.
2: Uh, Chiefs now have 10 days to rest up. That's ideal. Uh,
1: Butker, man. It's Butker. A 60-yarder that was good from 70. A 52-yarder after Mahomes took that sack. Butker has been all season long, and especially this game, nails. I mean, come on now. Harrison Butker is unreal. He is the second-best kicker in the NFL, bar none. This wind was going to give people fits. I was nervous in the first, like a 30-yarder. I'm like, oh, man, this is swirling. Good luck. And he goes from 60 down center cut this is a dude who all of a sudden shows up to a short par four and everyone's like hitting irons and he goes, "What are you? What are you softy? Charmin ultra soft dudes doing?" Pulls out the big stick and just puts it to ten feet. Butker, come on now, stones.
0: Yeah, he was incredible. Uh, I was seeing the chat. Uh, Sean Browning says Travis Kelsey gets his arrowhead. Ha, yeah, mm-hmm. one's got to go to Kelsey, right? I mean, he was the whole offense for the most part in the first half. Um, it's got to go to him. Uh, I'm gonna give it to. This is cheating a little bit, but Chris Jones and the entire defense. Chris Jones had three quarterback hits, had a sack. This was one of those games where, like, everybody on the defense was awesome. Like, everybody made a play. They, They We mentioned they defended nine passes. They were getting all kinds of pressure. They had five tackles for a loss, four sacks. And this is just one of the most dominant performances from a Chiefs defense that I can kind of remember in recent memory, like they've had some nice performances where like the opposing offense was super pitiful and had a quarterback that couldn't do anything that, that, that was, that's not the case with this Denver team. Like they've got some guys who can play as, as Cortland Sutton demonstrated, as Javante Williams demonstrated on some of his runs, that the, the rookie McLaughlin from Youngstown state has been electric in the, in a couple of games, you know, coming up to this didn't matter. Like the chiefs were just all over everything um totally fantastic one of the best defense performances i've seen um a couple more super chats rolling in uh monomics says is mahomes suspect what is life beyond kelsey no stop (laughs) i love you thank you for the super chat no mahomes is not suspect it's it's not it's not travis kelsey or he can't do anything he's played very well in the limited snaps that he's had without kelsey in his career he's a football god you're never gonna see another player like him probably as long as you live like they're just going through a little bit of a slow patch he's you think he's like we all like people think he's playing i don't people think he's playing poorly he's playing subpar for him and there's still a top 10 offense in the nfl um and if you think that the receivers all suck that should just tell you everything else you need to know about Patrick Mahomes because if, the receiver, if your opinion is that the receivers are terrible, they need to trade for Hollywood Brown, and they're 5-1, and one, and he's still going out there and dragging them to victories. Um, no, he'll he'll be fine. And then Boba Jet, great name, Pedro, says, uh, uh, please slow down on the defensive juggernaut Chiefs talk. Uh, they, they, they have played the Jags, Bears, Jets, Vikings, and Broncos. Vikings scored 24-plus once. Yeah, well, look the Vikings have an incredible offense. Like this is the NFL. The rules are slanted in favor of the offense. What do you want them to do? Like, you know, they play, they play, these are NFL teams. They weren't shutting teams out like this last year, even when they played bad offenses, like they're playing really well. When they play the chargers next week, they're probably going to give up more than 20 points. I don't be surprised by that. Right. Like they might not, but they, they, you know, those are, those are, world-class offenses the vikings the chargers when they play miami so like understand that like defenses are going to give up points but if you're just watching how they play it's different Mm -hmm. it's different this year secondary the pass rush the linebacker play they've invested so much in this defense they're not maybe the flashiest they're not flashy like maybe a san francisco they sure do get the job done
1: rack up wins now stack up lombardi's in february that's what it's all about.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, uh, our our pal Matt Verterham is always fond of saying like the season and a lot of NFL people believe this. The season really starts at Thanksgiving. So stack as many wins as you can before Thanksgiving. That's what the chiefs are doing. It's their extended preseason, whatever you want to call it. It's an easier part of their schedule. You know, they got teams like the, the Eagles coming up, the dolphins they have some tougher games. They got to get ready for those and, Man, if they, if they do that and they're 7-2 and two or 8-1 and one or something when, when some of those games arrive, I think we'll all be thrilled. They've set themselves up quite nicely. While, meanwhile, everybody else in the AFC is playing catch-up to the Chiefs, the Bengals trying to dig out of the AFC North basement. I mean, I don't know how much more you can ask for. Uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here, fellas?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that it, it really feels like over the last several seasons, Brett Veach has just slowly been like Planting a defensive garden, essentially, and now it's harvest time because you've had so much investment defensively at every level. And with Chris Jones at the height of his powers, Nick Bolton and Willie gain near the end of their first Ricky year contracts, you've got two first-round picks tailing Chris Jones in the defensive line. The secondary, obviously, has been amazing. Just all of these little investments and large investments in the defense are gelling together perfectly, and it really feels like this so far has been like just the, the the master stroke from Brett Veach defensively. And I'm really excited to see them grow the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I know it's like a broken record, but at least the record's a good one. Let's just call it Highway to Hell by ACDC. Uh, that's what's on repeat over here because the Chiefs are 5-1. and one. They lead the AFC. Their only loss is to an NFC opponent. Stack those wins, okay? No one cares about the hottest team in October. If the 49ers lose... First round of the playoffs, no one will give a shit about what happened in October and September. It's all about getting hot at the end of the season. The Chiefs right now, they are rolling. Offense doesn't look good, but they have time to figure it out. I will trust PM15. I will trust Andy Reid. They have a long enough track record of getting it right. Are the receivers an issue? You bet your ass they are. But let's try and see this team against an elite offense. We will see that against the Chargers. The defense, at least against the Chargers, I want to see the offense try and get right. But they do have time. Uh, I'm okay over here. I'm vibing. Chiefs, keep stacking up those wins.
0: Yeah, we've seen we've seen Chiefs teams in the past. Prima Homes be frauds. You know, uh, climb atop the power rankings with like Dick Vermeil. Oh, they're the best team in the NFL, and then they they actually weren't really good, and they didn't have a defense like. Let let everybody let the the national media talk about San Francisco and talk about Miami and talk about their new shiny toys and get excited about the Bills again when they when they have an up you know get excited about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Fine, let's just stack wins, go through the season here, figure out our shit, and then hopefully they'll be there at the end. Uh, because hey, baby, when you're uh, when you're a Chiefs fan, that's uh, that's what it's about. Sorry, Sterling, I didn't mean to make you blush. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, this has been a fantastic day of Chiefs content. Thank you um, to, to all of our listeners, particularly our members. If you want to become a member of the Arrowhead Act community, we were all in the Discord watching the game, chopping it up. Uh, it was a lot of fun. There's great ways to support the podcast. You can hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube so you make sure that you never miss our Chiefs content. We got shows on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday. Joe helping you win money. Um, I didn't watch Joe's show on Friday, and I missed the parlay, and Joe won, and I bet Travis Kelsey first touched on and didn't get it. So um, don't don't be me. Make sure you're watching Joe on Fridays. Um, and we'll be back next week with more Chiefs content. But now you get a worry-free weekend of apple picking and carving pumpkins and watching college football and NFL, the chiefs have won and you don't have to worry about anything until next week. We appreciate your support for Sterling Holmes, for Joe Summers, for producer Richard. My name is Patrick Allen. We will see you guys next week. but until then, as always, go Chiefs.